my day ah, happy Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode The first of 2020 of The Beat here with Nick Baumgartner Brendan Quinn of The Athletic in Ann Arbor Yes sir um. Yeah the the new year episode the old year's over. <sighs> Here we you know are, I man. saw a thing. Year older. <laughs> I saw a thing the you other day. Still look like shit. Do you know the Do you know the show The Wonder Years? Yeah. I saw the thing the other day. Somebody tweeted out or wrote a story about how in like 1990 or something The Wonder Years was set in a time, you know, whatever it made to look like it was the 70s or whatever the hell 80s whatever it was when it yeah. started. Yeah. If The Wonder Years had started to it had been aired today, <laughs> the time period would be like 2003. Oh. How old? I don't like that. Look, how big of a piece of crap do you, do you feel like I when I tell you that? I don't like that, but I do wonder what would Spiraling out of control. Too. Well, yeah. probably anything better than what we're doing. Attempting to share this mic. Oh, sorry. Jesus. Yeah, we're all set. So today, the uh, regular season has ended um, for the college football teams here in the state, of course. As we know, Michigan loses to Alabama, the Citrus Bowl. Michigan State gets to 7-6 and six in the yeah. Strike Bowl. We asked for voicemails. I think we're a little shorter on time today. We got six voicemails. Okay. We'll just we'll just play. And here's the beauty of it, folks. We haven't listened to the. We, usually we would. Uh, oh pre- God! You didn't listen to any. No, I haven't listened to any. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus. Here we go. So this could get uh, saucy, yeah. but uh, yeah, a- another year that uh, I really tried to care. And didn't. Well, again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least you're in a place where you don't <laughs> have to anymore. Uh, you're not you're not paid to do that anymore, so that's good. Yep, this is true. Um, all good things, but in any event, we got we got voicemails to get to, and then uh, in the coming weeks, we'll get in some more hoops, probably. Hopefully, yeah, that's what I would like to do. Um, and we wish everyone a happy, happy new, new year, year and all that. Yep, happy stuff. Uh, but we're gonna jump. Right into the voicemail. Yeah, and right? you can always call that line, uh, the number that I left out there. I should probably find it and say it again here. As I'm, here, I got it. 248-579-9977. Yeah. I mean, it's always open. Whatever. Pl- plug it in the phone <laughs> book. <laughs> and it's just a voicemail. There's no, we don't have to, you don't have to talk to anybody if you're afraid. No, I answer. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe <laughs> once in a while, late at night, Brendan will answer. And that might even be better for you. I don't know. We'll see. Talk you through some yeah. dark times, you know. In any event. All right. Let's get into some of these. Uh, here we go. First one. I like that this one starts. I think this is for you. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Here we go. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> this one's for Nick, uh, who is suggesting that Michigan State should call Joe Moorhead. Shut up. Stop talking about Joe Moorhead. Stop talking about Michigan State calling him. No. No, sir. <laughs> Who was that from? That was from, I don't know, we some phone number. He didn't say a name. I'm not going to read his phone number on we the air. We didn't get a name. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I assume that was a Michigan fan. He wants less head, this guy. You want? You don't know who this is. <laughs> so Joe Moorhead got fired today from uh, Mississippi State. He's Mississippi State's head coach. Uh-huh. Joe Moorhead was the offensive coordinator of the Saquon Barkley era Penn State teams, which were just, if you really watch mm-hmm. football and know football and like football, that's me. They were awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's you. They were right up your alley. <laughs> and of course, Michigan State's wrapping up, um, wrapped up another disappointing offensive season. Of course, uh, they've got other problems beyond just structural. I actually thought they called a half decent game uh, in the Pinstripe Bowl, but they've got talent issues too. However, Moorhead is an outstanding offensive coordinator, an outstanding play caller. Oh. So my tweet was basically the um, 
I mean, if you're looking for help, if you're looking for some, I don't know if they could afford him, but I mean, I if you're looking for creative say, people. Say, could he go higher than probably. Michigan State? Yeah, because I was like, I, I tweeted, they should call Joe Moorhead to reserve their spot in line because I think that he will have probably his pick of jobs. Right. Maybe selfishly, because I would really like to cover Joe Moorhead because oh, right. he's really kind of, because he, I think he's the guy who does the, um, like film set, he did the film sessions with reporters, like oh, at Ole Miss, or I'm sorry, talking. Mississippi State. So, uh, but no, I mean he's a he's a super smart uh, play caller, offensive mind, uh, as Michigan State can. I don't know what Mark D'Antonio's going to do, but I think that when we left New York, I was kind of under the impression that there would be some movement on that staff, maybe not an overhaul like some people had thought, but I don't think it's just going to be business as usual. I think there will be some. It'd be surprising if there's not anything. I don't think it'll. Maybe be massive, but yeah. you know it's also a factor of how much money's involved. Uh, there's some other big job. And Notre Dame needs an offensive coordinator, right? Like Ohio State, Ohio State lost an offensive coach um, this off season too. So there are other spots, but I was just thinking out loud, you know, as I do. And I'm sure Michigan. I saw a lot of Michigan fans said the same thing. Why don't you just shut your mouth on that one? Because wow, because Moorhead's really good. I mean, more Gaddis, Josh Gaddis is off the Moorhead tree. And Josh Gaddis had a, I thought, at the end of the year when it all all settled down, I mean, Michigan's offense is really sharp, and Josh Gaddis did a great job, and Moorhead's the sort of godfather of that sort of uh, system that they run. He has a pretty interesting career. He does, yeah. Akron and UConn and head coach at Fordham for five yep. years. And, and he, then, saved James, he saved James Franklin's career. I mean, that's the best I mean, way I mean, in terms it. of coaching at this level, his work at Penn State really seems like the only... Yep. I mean, he had talent, and that's yeah. the, that's the challenge, right? Because yeah. it's like, but they, but you just love the shit they ran. Yeah, it was, was all there. it was all really smart, and it was all really cool. Um, you know, obviously having Saquon Barkley on your team helps with a lot of things, yeah, right? Yeah, and Michigan State's not going to have that. But Michigan State's the way I look at Michigan State. The only chance Michigan State has to be anything better than what they were this year, and even to be what they were in my mind because they're losing a lot of talent would be to f- get into the transfer portal yeah get a better quarterback situation going uh, or maybe if one of these younger guys on the roster is ready to go maybe maybe the transfer a transfer comes in heats him up right gets him fired up ready to go and then and then do something different on offense be less predictable i think those are the only options cuz they do have some nice pieces at receiver they do have a nice running back um, they have some young linemen who are going to need a minute, but I think it's uh, they have more for the first time in a long time. Their more encouraging pieces are probably on the offensive side of the ball. Right. I think the program needs to start shifting toward away from what D'Antonio <laughs> sort of built it on, and he needs to evolve. Sure, sure. And he needs to have somebody come in here and help him evolve. And I think that you know someone like that in theory would would get the job I, you know whether they could afford that I don't know but that's just a me thinking out loud and he only got 2 years at Mississippi State so me no- I mean he got ran I don't know what all happened there they had some off the field problems I think some disciplinary things that they were pointing to but I mean this is a guy from Pittsburgh that had to go down to Starkville and uh <laughs> they were like it wasn't a fit and I mean so you know yeah. You tell me how that goes you I know I see that going well yeah. all right let's go voicemail number Hey gentlemen, Happy New Year. It has been 15 years since Michigan's last conference title, 22 since their last played for a national championship. They're 2-17 versus Ohio State since 2000 and only have two more bowl victories than losing seasons over the same span. I've seen several articles that have alluded to it 
and I think many fans are afraid to consider it. So I ask you, when is the time to ask if Michigan's problems are greater than their head coach? Is it possible that the Wolverine football program is stuck in this place for more reasons than any coach can overcome? Thank you, guys. Well, yeah, that is the million-dollar question that's been pondered <laughs> for a while, and it was one that we were asking back before Harbaugh got hired. I remember, you know, like, does do they have the stomach to do uh, to do this? And right. is this place a place that can be that? You know, I mean, can Michigan be, you know, one of those powerhouses? And you know, I go back and forth on it. Um, there are days that I think that it it can be closer. Let's put it this way. They can be closer to it than they are. Yeah. I'm not sure if they can ever be Alabama, but they can be closer to that than they are right now. I think that's kind of where I'm at today on it. I go back and forth a lot, though. You know, I really don't buy it. um, Because even, even mediocre programs that are below Michigan Station. Yeah. Financially. Right. Um certainly prestige wise can put it together for a year sure. or two and jump up compete Make and then happen. dip and you're competitive yeah. whatever but okay you're not you know in that conversation you're not there every single year like the the, the boys now I, I don't buy that it's just this purgatory for Michigan based on right. Things beyond its control. I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Right. You know, and that this goes back to the conversation that we had like a week or two ago, where I'm like, yeah, when when is this program going to get like a rock star player? Yeah, because you Somebody know, asked the, me the, other day, the yeah. closest thing they've had was Jabril Peppers. They didn't really know how to use him. It seemed yeah. to me um, that time just kind of came and went mm-hmm. without any exclamation point. But like, where's the dude? Where's the running back? that's up for a Heisman. Where's the quarterback that's up for the Heisman? Like, I don't see any reason why Michigan can't get a combination of... I, I don't think Jim Harbaugh's a bad head coach. No. Like, you know? No. I, no. I feel He's like... a good head coach. You get a combination yeah. of a Jim Harbaugh and a guy like that, and you can get a year where, yeah, you can go to the playoff and play for a national championship. Are you going to be there every single year? No, because yeah. five yeah. programs are basically vacuuming all of the five stars. Right. But you can certainly get an experienced team coupled with two or three special players and compete for a national championship. Yeah, you can catch lightning. I mean, like, the last offensive That's dynamo mission. that they had was Denard Robinson, who right. got caught in between two coaching staffs, the latter of which didn't know what to do with him. Um, and the first one getting fired. I mean, you know, so that's the last time they had, you know, a guy who was a true difference maker offensively. Um and and I you know the, in this season the more it went on you know, of course it was you know, a lot of people were hard on Shea Patterson this year and I tended to be in the camp that was kind of like I think they got all they could get out of Shea Patterson I think they sort of topped him out but he's yeah. not Justin Fields he's not Trevor Lawrence um, you know yeah <laughs> you gotta get a guy a quarterback yeah right. if you're gonna if you're gonna do it and you know that's we just talked about Joe Moorhead for example right I mean they yeah. found Saquon Barkley and. And away we go, and that changes everything, and they were on the doorstep that year. Because so, here's the thing, know. like, if you say, is this the best that Michigan can do? It's not. Then, then the, think, the, no. qu- the real question is, is this the most talent Michigan can have? And well, that I don't buy. I don't know. All. I mean, I think it goes hand-in-hand hand a little bit. I don't know if Michigan can recruit, you know, 
uh, top three classes every season. I don't think that's going to sure. happen. Never has before. I don't. We have no evidence to say that it would. Um, I think that their talent can go up when they win more games, and I think that they can win more games by being more disciplined on the field. I think they can win more games by being less mistake prone. I mean, we just watched Michigan and Alabama, right? I don't know. You probably I don't know if you watched it at all. Uh, first half, they have four scoring drives that amounted to sixteen points. Right. You can't. Right. I mean, get out of here. You're never going to. I promise you, Josh Gaddis walked into that halftime locker room, probably excited that they moved the ball, but in the deep corner of his mind uh-huh. that he wasn't sharing anybody at that uh-huh. time was probably like, oh shit. Right. Like we had to score touchdowns. Like we, you can't, and you got to finish. And there's one great example where it's same like thing with Ohio, it's, it's but it's the same thing at the next level where Ohio yeah. State didn't do it in the. I guess in it's the same thing right. that always comes up, right. but it's like for your talent level, what you what Michigan is, and Michigan's not. Michigan's football program this season was not lacking of talent. Let's put it that way. That was the other thing I think that was yeah. a little bit of a myth that got ex- because Michigan did play two of the most talented teams in the country in, in Alabama and Ohio State back to back. They're certainly not that level, mm-hmm. but they're not like some dusty cupboard of, of a bunch of bones yeah, here either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got they had players, and they had better talent than four losses. I will say that even with the two whoppers they played at the end of the season. And I hate to nitpick, right? The difference between nine and four and ten and three, maybe not much, but this is probably a ten and three football team that was nine and four. Maybe a team that could have squeaked eleven. I think they should have beat Penn State. Yeah. I think Wisconsin should have been a coin flip game, based on their talent. And um, they just make too many errors. They just make too many errors, and that's that's sloppy football. And uh, they've got to get back to getting an edge. Here's the thing that fascinates me. I don't the think most. they topped out. I don't you, think they topped out. You, you, I just hear this guy talking. You know, and you can hear it in his voice. And yeah, he's, he's I, the wall I me, you, want, know. you know, the thing that just continues to stun me about Michigan and being here in this town is I've never gotten any kind of overwhelming sense that sense that like apathy is coming over that wall. Any second now, and this thing is going to be yeah the half empty you know, stadium, sixty thousand yeah. mm-hmm. in the stadium, and no one gives a shit anymore. And I'm just like, wow, it it just fascinates me because it happens pretty much everywhere else when, yeah. when you get a run like this, right. where it's not just not winning, it's being damn near irrelevant in terms of the national picture for a long time. Yeah. And just having to tell yourself that you're not. And that's a experiment in psychology yeah. that like, uh, I think could be tested at the highest level of what is it in the water at this place that it continues to be able to recalibrate its own image of itself. I don't even know. Yeah. There always seems to be something every year that comes up that gets people re reignited. Mm. But how and often is it concocted, know. and how often is it? It's real? usually concocted. Right. I mean, it's been evidence has proven that, or you know, history has proven that it's generally concocted. Um, I'm not sure, you know, what's going to happen this year. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, I don't. Last year they hired Josh Gaddis, and people got fired up again. You know, the year right. before. They got Shea Patterson. People got fired up. Uh, got rid of Tim Drevno. People got right. It was always something mm-hmm. that everybody blamed everything on. And um, yeah, they're all. A lot of folks are throwing their hands up. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to lead to something where it's like they're not going to be buying tickets. Uh-huh. 
But a lot of folks are acting like they're kind of just, they're done with this. You know, it's just like, this is just what they are now. And right. they're never going to be any better than this. And, you know, in some ways it's like, you know, I don't even know if that's a bad thing necessarily. Because I think that when you're chasing these rabbits that you can't right. ever catch. Because uh, there's a large portion of people, I think, that still that still want, not a large, but a section of people who who expect or almost demand them to be something they've never been. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes stepping back and understanding perspective in that, you know, when I was growing up, Michigan in the early 90s was pretty good. I wouldn't, you know, in a different era of college football, but I don't think that they were like, you know, the team. Mm -hmm. I know they weren't the team. And then for about four years there, when they when they got Charles Woodson, and then they had Tom Brady and some of those guys come through. They were, they were elite. They were yeah, like you know yeah, the best yeah. of the best up there in that realm. And then they weren't anymore. They were right back in kind of that pretty good, in a different world. You could share Big Ten titles back then, but pretty good. And then all of a sudden, after they won that first one, there's a group of people that I think are our age, who just grew up expecting that to be a thing every year. Right. And it's like that's not a thing, and uh, never has been. And well, because it's so not. I have a hard time with that. Sometimes. It's not only that they grew up seeing a national sure. championship, but they were also told from childhood that Michigan's the winningest program yeah. ever, and blah 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 blah. And you get this image in your mind of what your kind of shiny toy is supposed to be, right? <laughs> you know, it's not. Uh, Goddamn, it is. It's tough to stomach, but that even more speaks to my original point that like right. it's been this way for a while, but you know goddamn well next August, yeah, people are gonna be talking about going to the playoff, uh, and the place is gonna be filled. I mean, the place is gonna be filled. <laughs> like, are they gonna be talking about going to the playoff? Yes. No. I mean, maybe. Of yeah. course. I don't know. Every year. Every year. I mean, probably. I just don't know what that They're thing gonna will be. They're going to go in the submarine you know, yeah. and on all the message boards and all the this and all the that. This guy's playing great. This guy's so far ahead of expectations. Yeah. And it's been... Even when I didn't know what these people were, I'm like, man, this team's got to be pretty goddamn good according, mm -hmm. according to everything I'm hearing yeah. on radio and the internet. Um, <laughs> it's going to be the same thing. I uh, Maybe. But I think that... <laughs> I think that uh, I think there there may be some perspective being beaten into some of those corners Ooh, right around this time. Interesting. Maybe. You would know, but you would know way better than me. Um, so I'll take your word. Because I think a lot of it is frustrating. It's for this through frustration, but I think a yeah. lot of people are starting to understand just how hard it is to get from ten to twelve wins. Yeah, it really, really difficult. Yeah. And I think that that's starting to kind of sink in with some people. Okay, you ready for the next one? Yep. Here we go. Hey boys, Pratt from Twitter. Just got a question. I'm a diehard Michigan fan, and I just got to know, are we the worst fan based on the planet? <laughs> because right now, I can't even take Michigan Twitter. It's every loss, fire the coach, switch the quarterback. And I don't see it getting any better for next year, because you already have a divided fan base where half wants Milton, half wants McCaffrey. So the first incompletion of mm -hmm. next year is, yep, Harbaugh made the wrong choice. Yeah. So... I guess my question is, are we the worst? And is this thing ever going to change? Thanks. Have a good one. Well, well we already tackled the second 
part of that question, but I will tell you, you are not I the worst. I don't think they're the worst. You're no. not the worst. You haven't lived in the South. No, no. It's a, I, I was sitting next to the guys who cover Alabama, <laughs> and when it was like 13-7 Michigan, they were like... They were like, this is just ridiculous. They were looking at their Twitter, like, because Alabama fans are just losing their minds. <laughs> like, this is bullshit, you know? And, and they're like, this is just, you know, and one of them said, like, you know, I can't remember what the exact words were, but basically it was just like, you know, I don't, I don't you know, these people are in their, in their normal existence are not like this, but, right. you know, when, when it gets involved with this. So, no, I don't think you're the worst. I, I think it, I think it happens everywhere. There's a large gathering of people that all have, what they believe to be skin in the game, even though none of them have skin in the game generally. Um, but no, he's, I mean, Brad's right. It's like, you know, the first time, you know, whoever he picks, you know, uh, throws a pick or something or, or, or screws it up, it's going to be an immediate, an immediate, yep. you know, I always said back when, I remember when Patterson got here um, in that off season and people, remember that? And people were just losing their oh, mind. Yeah. And I was just like, you watch. The minute this kid has one game that's not like I, – I, I was told by myself that he was going to throw for 500 yards. The minute that that doesn't happen, it's going to be, well, this guy's terrible. What yeah. happened to the other – you know, and it's just – it's so those people exist uh, via social media, of course. Um, that doesn't help anything. But I also often wonder – it's that old question we always ask, right, where it's like, is this a social media thing or is this something that's always been there that just gets exposed via social media today? I don't know. You tell me what um... – how is this going to play out when it comes to the spring game? Do they even still have a spring game here? Okay. Oh, uh, like they yeah. canceled everything else. They did one last year. Okay. Year uh, before, no. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm not crazy. That, that yeah, did happen. Yeah, they did cancel one once. Um, assuming they have a spring game and they come out of spring with a clear number one, whether it's Milton or McCaffrey, that one of those yeah. guys is under yeah. the impression that they're the firm starter. What are the chances from there that both are still competing come fall? I don't know. I mean, low. I, I would have to think that it'd be low. That uh, one, I could that be one, wrong. One would bolt. Yeah, I, I, I mean, would think. I would think that it would just make sense for yeah. the person to do that. And it's unless they're both kind of like, I'm here. I'm going to finish my degree. I mean, you know, I mean, Dill McCaffrey is going to be a fourth year junior. He'd probably be close to graduating, I would think, after, you know, He'd probably graduate in spring, uh, maybe. You know, he let's could say, potentially be a grad transfer. Yeah, with two so, I mean, years let's say he, let's say he grad transfers, and, uh, and he'd have has, two years, right? Yeah, if he does it in the spring, yeah. and then Joe Milton would have uh, an extra year on top. He'd have three years. I don't know if he's ready to graduate yet because right, right, he's right. only been here too. But either way, both guys would be looking up at a guy who's got more years in front of him, and you're looking at Michigan's signed a pretty touted or has commitment from a pretty touted kid in. 2021 and all of a sudden it's like it's one football i can't you know right. I, can i justify doing this i want to if i want to play in the nfl i got to find a place that's going to give me the ball and um i don't think anybody would blame them i don't think it would be, even be for lack of like happiness or whatever mm. i mean we just saw joe burrow do that yeah at ohio state and he had to make a business decision basically and you know it worked out for joe burrow worked out for ohio state i think that's the the uh, fairy tale option there that right. it works out for everybody but you know that's the situation I think that they're they're headed toward because that's just modern how it's going to work here. You know, I mean, because I, I feel like that would be best. Case. And it almost feels like if you're Michigan, I've gone back and forth on this in my mind. It's almost like you almost owe it to these two guys 
after spring to kind of be like, this is where we're at. I, I totally you know, agree. I'm not saying that this guy's won the job, but I'm this is where we're at today. Right. He's in front of you or you're in front of him or whatever it is, and let's just put all the cards on the table, make it clear, and, and let them make their decision, and you go forward with that. And, you know, maybe the decision ends up getting made for you. I don't know, but... Um, Cause God damn, I don't know. Unless you, that, you could wait till fall. I mean, if you wanted to, but it'd be tough. You'd have to do that. You could. I and you know, I, if you're I Milton, like you're, Milton's younger, so he would have more right. more options to to wait a little bit more. But McCaffrey, unless he's just, I want to finish here, which is possible. You know, mm-hmm. guys have done that before. Uh, but um, that's just what everybody kind of deals with now. You know, when you sign a quarterback every year, and you got two you really like, and the catch there is that you need two. You right. can't. You you know, I. We, we just got done watching uh, Ohio State and Clemson, and um, Justin Fields, as great as he was, was banged up at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, you never know. I mean, and he is a monster. I mean, he's just this giant guy, great yeah. shape, everything else, and he's banged up, you know? Yeah. So it's like... Guys the thing hurt, is, ideally, you know? you're two. One's a senior, one's a sophomore. One's a junior, one's yeah. a freshman. Something Seems like, like it never happens that Not way. the same. They're in know? the back-to-back class, basically. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> that just sets up for... Yeah, someone's going to be feeling yeah it, on the outs and that they're wasting their. So time. you got to get it right, you know, and right. that's and it's probably going to happen. You know, those kind of, those types of complaints are going to happen early in the season, no matter what, from fans. But you really do have to hit this one because if you lose if if you if you lose one, and he goes somewhere else, and is just ripping and tearing, and in two years you're still doing this nine and four. <laughs> and the other thing. <laughs> Is these two guys? Milton is 6'5, 240. He can throw the ball like 70 yards. He can run. Uh, he works hard. Everybody likes him. McCaffrey's 6'5, 230, 225, whatever he is. Really fast. Uh, can throw the ball. Not as strong as Milton with the arm, but whatever. Good enough. Works hard. Everybody likes him. If you can't find a really good player out of one of these two guys, then something's really wrong here. Yeah. That's it. So this is the most important thing. This is the most important position battle of Harbaugh's tenure. Because if you can't turn one of these guys into a stud, what are you doing? Here Who's we, coming here? Here we go. Ready? You know, I mean, they've got what they need. They I name they name Milton starter. Right? Yeah, McCaffrey grad transfer to Michigan State. I mean, that's a, that's the stuff you're like. <laughs> That's the stuff that you're like risking sometimes, you know. That's just like and Michigan always seems to get snake bitten in these situations. Yeah. It feels like, yeah. right? Doesn't it? Yeah. I don't feel. I feel like other teams don't deal with these things. I mean, I've been around long enough and paid attention to other places that, even with basketball, there would be like, why does every fringe guy go to the NBA? Yeah. You know, right. you know what I mean? We get those right. questions all the time, and sometimes it was just like, you just did. You yeah. know, I don't know. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure if that would happen, but, you know, that's sort of the, the thing that you're dealing with sometimes. Very good. All right, next one up. Happy New Year, Brendan. Happy New Year, Nick. Thanks for all the great reporting. This is Paul in Cincinnati. So the TV guys never actually discussed the possibility that Tua Tagovailoa might actually return to Alabama. They never mentioned it once. But suppose he does. Is it possible that Mac Jones could enter the transfer portal and Michigan could pick him up as a transfer? I'm interested to know. Because Mac Jones is way better as a backup than Shea Patterson played today as our starting five-star quarterback. Happy New Year. five-star, that's right. 
Let's add Mac Jones to the mix. So you can... <laughs> now, McCaffrey, the, some, of the, some of the Alabama people do think Tua could come back to school. That's a big. That's a big thing down there. I heard our guy uh, from Alabama in an interview with Austin. Yeah, Aaron Meek. Suttles. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's very he uh, not rule it out. No, I don't know if he would say that it's going to happen. But he was certainly uh, there was a lot of smoke there that, mm-hmm. that, that that was churning that way possibly. So. I don't know if that would <laughs> end up being the case, but it's like, you know, you got to make it work with what you got at this point. I think they've got two guys on the they roster. They can't bring in a grad transfer. I don't think that that's. I'm not feeling that at all. I mean, if you do it, you do it. You're doing it to. Maybe maybe you're doing that as a because I I've got to have a second guy if one of these guys leaves. You know. Right. You, you can't bring in a super high profile you guy can bring, like a Mac Jones. If somebody transferred in uh, the spring, right, you could bring in a guy after that. You brought up the point, though, a couple weeks ago. Where Probably like, have to bring your guy for that. Jim Harbaugh's supposed to be the quarterback yes. guy, right? If he can't recruit a and develop his own quarterback, then what the hell are you paying him $8 million for? You can't yeah. just keep going that's, that's into where, the grad transfer, that's where the transfer portal. For that's bullshit. Like, one of these two guys has to right. has to be a really good quarterback. Yeah. And, if they're, and if they're not, then... I don't know what else to say anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many more times do we have to blame it on somebody else? I totally you know, agree. and that's really where this comes down for me is, you know, best quarterback he had here is probably Rudock, who was a who was a twenty three year old medical student who was pretty good. Yeah, as a grad transfer. Second best was Patterson. Yes, who was another transfer, but they you know to be fair, they helped you know coach him up too. And I don't think he was as bad as people like to claim he was claim he was for two seasons. But beyond that, you know, Wilton was fine until, you know, he wasn't. Yeah. And then he got hurt. And then O'Corn, who they brought in here as a transfer, uh, never worked. Brandon Peters didn't work. All the other younger guys that he inherited, I mean, he inherited them. They didn't work. Uh, we he, should... McCaffrey and Milton were the second and third guys he recruited. And they've been here the longest. So, I mean, and they've got... Those guys are talented football players. They're yeah. not bums. I mean, they've got one of them should be should have enough to be a starting quarterback and a good player. Just go back and read going forward here all of the tweets and articles that were written when they committed. That, well, yeah, these that's guys, any, that's these guys were the saviors. I, mean, that's I know. I'm just saying. But um, let's talk for a second here about uh, transfer culture and the idea that seems to permeate anytime anyone is available. Yeah. That. This is the game change. Like, the answer right. is right there. It is... The whole, like, quick fix transfer thing is such a falsehood. It really works out that way, like, probably 10 to 20%. 10 to 25% If it's, of if the it's time. Justin if, Fields, if it's the best player in America. If anything. Or whatever, top three player. God, yeah. Jerron Simmons was the player of the year in the MAC. Mm-hmm. Came to Michigan, was supposed to be... It's hard. You know, and it just, it is never as simple as the plug in place that I feel like a lot of people just want to believe it is because, I don't know, I I think a little bit of it is the, (laughs) as you like to talk about the whole, sometimes real athletes are mistaken for video Video game game characters where they're just... Yeah. It's tough. They're just placed in there, and it's it all just kind of fits around it. I mean, it just doesn't work that way, man. 
Joe Burrow just won the Heisman, right? He right. threw for billion yards and a billion fifty-five touchdowns this year. He had six picks. Joe Burrow's numbers last year, and I know they had a different offense, uh, and they brought in Joe Brady and spiced things up a little bit, but they still had a lot of talented football players on that team. Joe Burrow's numbers were basically what Shea Patterson's were. Mm-hmm. They were not that that much better. It wasn't that much different. He made a big leap in year two, and, and away we go. And obviously Joe Burrow's a really talented player, and he's going to be a top pick in the draft and everything else. But if he got to LSU and it wasn't, it didn't explode right. immediately. I think the transfer portal can be used for depth. Um, and when I say, you know, for Michigan State, example, I think Michigan State needs to go get a transfer quarterback. Yeah. And I think they need to get a transfer quarterback as much for an insurance situation as anything else because they just don't know what they have. And so it'd be for depth, it'd be for competition. I mean, I think in their case, Michigan State hadn't had a quarterback competition in like four years. Like, nobody's had to be pushed. Nobody's had to be uncomfortable. Right. And sometimes that can create a pretty good player, you know. So I think that's why I would do that. But you know, to, to just always just, well, let's just go sign somebody else, you know. You know, sometimes it takes a minute, and sometimes you have fit, culture, everything, mm-hmm. you know, how he's getting along with new teammates and new place and everything else, and uh, not but easy to do. most of the time, a guy is leaving for a reason. For a reason. Yeah. yeah. And it's not... He's been beat out. It's or, not just because yeah. uh, I'm going to go bring my amazing talents to another place and just be a superstar there. It's usually a little bit more complicated. Yeah, Shea Patterson fell victim to a lot of wishful thinking. Um, and, you know, he was a five-star prospect coming out of high school. I, I don't know if I would have rated him there. Right, I, right. I don't think he was a bad prospect coming out of high school. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, he's a little physically limited in terms of, you know, his size and everything else. And his accuracy had to be amazing. Right. And it just never quite got there. I mean, his his completion rate dropped like to eight percent this year, and you know, I think I actually thought last year he did a terrific job of molding into what they wanted him to do, running a different offense this year. The second half was good, and the first half wasn't as much. But you're kind of working against the clock sometimes too, because you got to remember that you know when he transferred here, it was that whole four months of is he going to play, is he not mm-hmm. going to play. I mean, that's it's tough to prepare like that, yeah. and you're just beat, you're just it's beat the clock all the time, and. You know, it's easier to develop guys on your own. It's easier to get guys who are ready to go faster. But, yeah. you know, we'll see. Do we have to take a break? Yeah, we do. We should take a quick break here. Uh, pause for a second. We and we'll will... come back on the other side. We have two more voicemails. Right. And then we're going to talk. I'm going to make you talk some basketball. All right. Sounds good. Right. We'll be right back. The place where I was 